This is The Three Dummies, the Sunshine Coast Daily's NRL podcast with Matty Holdsworth and Nathan Nugget-Dell. Hello and welcome aboard to the final edition for 2019 of The Three Dummies NRL podcast. I'm your host as always, Nathan Dell, joined by Matty Holdsworth. How are you, Matty? Oh, Nugget, I'm sad. Footy's all over. <sighs> Footy's all over. And look, the, the, now is the time of the year. I can't get excited for these test matches cause, either. Cause the, yeah, oh, look, I will when they're on. And even the nines, I'm kind of going, nine aside rugby league, is it's not enough players off the field to make it as dynamic as sevens. You know what I mean? Sevens is a genuinely dynamic sport. With nine bodies on each side, there's still just too many people on the field. I do you think Australia's picked an exciting side? Oh, it's very exciting. I like, but, I like uh, but yeah, I just I, I can't get excited about the nines or these test matches. And the problem is for those of us in the sports loving community, yeah. there's no there's cricket nothing until, and EPLs on e, on um international break. Yeah, so it's such a nightmare time. I, I don't think the first ball of the Gabba test being bowled to the I want to say the 17th of November. So now is that time when things like Netflix and Amazon become worth every cent. Because what we don't want you to do is go out there and attempt to make relationships. Don't talk to people. Don't talk to loved ones. Just stay on the couch and help will come eventually. That's the way we like to look at it here on The Three Dummies. Um, our grand final wrap-up today, bit of housekeeping first. Final scores in the tipping, because you went for the fairy tale oh, last I week. Uh, I ended up on 120 points. You ended up on 115. So congratulations, you fought your way back to second which is a oh, wonderful performance. How good is that? Uh, and a two-person tipping comp, I'm barely even remotely proud of myself. That's the way that all shook out, though. Now, I think what we need to do today, let's talk about the footy, and then we have to talk about the mess. Let's talk about the game itself. Roosters, first team since 92, 93 to go back. Um, and look, when we do get into the ugliness of the evening, I want to make it very clear, it's not rooster bashing. Congratulations to the Sydney Roosters. Nothing that happened on Sunday there will be night a bit of rooster bashing. is their fault. Well, look, from my side, there won't be because they're a wonderful football the team. The fact they'd booed Jack White and oh, that was five rooster was fan disgusting. bashing. That's Come one on. thing. Yeah, but the actual seventeen Sydney roosters out on that field on you Sunday booed, night, pull your head in. None of it. None of it was what happened on Sunday night was is your fault. You were just as a tool of it as the Canberra Raiders were. Um, wonderful start, young Sam mm. Verrills oh. uh, scored a great little hooker's try. Again, we'll get to the ugliness whether or not the Sydney Roosters should have been in that part of the field. It's just unfortunate that the two, okay the two Roosters tries, of all the events of the night, both came hot on the heels of dubious decisions by the referees. Uh, but yeah, Verrill's very, very good. Yeah. And I think Then Friend came on and changed the game a bit. Didn't he just? And that's what we were saying last week when I was saying, I think well, you've got to take the risk on him. Use him. Trent yeah. Robinson, who is fast, I, I would say he's gone past Wayne Bennett. I think the two best coaches in the NRL now, oh, in the at, current at the NRL, moment, oh, not for career okay. record, yeah. but for current yeah. NRL, the two best coaches, we always say it's Bennett and Bellamy. It's Bellamy and and and, uh, and Trent Robinson. And then I reckon there's a bit of a gap. So what he, hasn't he made a record since the, the most wins since Jack Gibson now? Yeah, he's, and he's now yeah. become the winningest, awful American word, and I think coach as far as premierships too. Three in a row since his first time since the 70s. Yeah, no, unbelievable. Uh, just an amazing performance from Trent Robinson. But even the way he managed the Jake Friend-Sam Verrill's relationship was was just done perfectly. And then just to show what a class act he is, he gave Zane Tedovano his ring. Yeah. Mm. The guy who missed out because... He did play 23 games. Played almost every game, was a contributor every week. Missed out on game day. He finds out, hey, Zane, you know you've been doing all that training all week? Yeah, cool your heels, champ. The captain's back in. Gave his premiership ring to Zane Tedovano like he did last year. To Lindsay Collins. So Trent Robinson looks like one of those guys that players want to play for. What about the, speaking of, what about the reception for Cronk? 
getting the the harker oh, at the end yeah, by, that was by some of the fringe players. He is adored yeah. at club. And I, look, I, I don't think a single person in the world dislikes Cooper Cronk. Which really surprises me because he's not actually a particularly easy guy to get to know. Um, he's, yeah, very shy, a bit reserved. He's very shy. Oh, look, he's very thoughtful. Mm. He's not the most warm and engaging guy. So the fact that he's been welcomed into a club in only two seasons, mm. bear in mind, yeah. he's, he's getting the sort of love he was getting on the back of 12 seasons at the yeah. Melbourne Storm. It's quite amazing. As you say, the size of that harker was unbelievable. But even just the warmth. And then that, just his embrace with them all at the end. Yeah, but the, even lovely. when they spoke, the, the warmth that Boyd Cordner spoke with up on the day is the warmth yeah. that, that Trent Robertson spoke with, the warmth that no doubt Jared Warrior Hargraves would have spoken with if he made it onto the stage. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, just a wonderful performance. Nine grand finals. Uh, to now play, he played four. In, his nine grand finals were four in a row, one, four in a row. Like, that's mental. Yeah. Dating back to 06 when they got beaten by the Broncos. Um, that's insane. For a guy who openly declares he wasn't the fastest, wasn't the strongest, wasn't the biggest, but nobody's worked harder no, than it's, Cooper Cronk. It's utterly amazing. And, um, and he deserves to be in the immortal conversation, if not I, one. Today. I think he does now, and, not, and, and I think he needs to be in that conversation because of that natural, that lack of natural ability, because mm. because no one has worked harder. Like I, I reckon, if you see them training, and not, not that Jonathan Thurston wasn't a hard worker, he was an incredibly hard worker. But if you're Cooper Cronk, you know you're training for Queensland or Australia. You'd be seeing the stuff that Jonathan Thurston just does. I think, and you'd be I sick. Think Cronk does more than just the, the on-field training. I reckon he's the type who'd be at home studying up. Watch, oh, watching his doubt. own video sessions, taking his own notes. I can guarantee yeah. you, to, to take another example of a guy who they call the GOAT, the minute the New England Patriots finish playing, Tom Brady is watching film of who the Patriots are playing next week. I've not got a doubt in the world yeah. Cooper Cronk is getting home on Saturday night. He's just beaten you know, the Titans, and now he's looking at the, he's looking at the, he's looking at the Raiders. He's looking at the Cronulla Sharks for next week. Uh, apparently he's going off to do an NBA. And doesn't that just suit his meticulous nature? That level of he study. He looked pretty relieved that it was all over, and he's talking to Billy after the game. Yeah, he did. He, he, he just yeah, looked yeah. like a man who was so oh, so done. Thank God it's yeah. over. Even to the point where I reckon if it had gone to Golden Point, Cooper would have gone. Nah, I'm sitting down. I told you I'd give his eighty. I'm not giving his eighty three. Uh, and the great news for Cooper Cronk well, too. Well, he only is gave him seventy. He can get, <laughs> he can get his nose fixed, which is great news as well. Because I think it was one of my one of my um, non footy watching friends actually pointed that. Geez, his nose looks busted. With his nose, uh, yes. I think the good news is he can go and get his he can go and get his schnoz fixed now. Uh, the Canberra Raiders they were they were oh, wonderful, absolutely. And we'll get onto the controversy of whether or not they were robbed, and that's an ugly word we use far too often in modern sport. But any Canberra Raiders fan can be incredibly proud of their team. When Verrill scored early, were you like me I going was worried? Yeah, because you recall on the I podcast last week, I was saying the Roosters by fourteen. I thought, oh. It was go. just a, an ease about that try. And just the fact that for the first 20 minutes, the Raiders were just kind of going through their sets. Caesar wasn't doing anything. Whiten didn't do anything until no. he scored the try. Yeah. Really, he didn't. Mm. Um, you know, even Papali was making his runs, but there was no moment. He was moments getting overshadowed by Maria Hargraves, who was absolutely monstering everyone. He was everyone. killing everyone. That's one of the best first halves I've seen in a long time. So for the class of that Canberra team yeah. to be able to go, Rightio, okay, this is a grand final. This is how it feels. We've walked out, worked our way into it. Let's get into our work They're now. down 10, 12 nil, though. They're, oh, they're, yeah. They're in, they're in trouble. They need, they, they're they lucky that they stemmed the bleeding after how many How many school. times have the Roosters done that to teams this year? It's gone bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah, and then it's just, and then they coast. That, it was over at halftime last year. Yeah, that's the only thing. They score 18 points in the first 16 mm. minutes and then score 12 for the next, you know, 64 mm. is the way they've done it in a lot of games. Uh, quickly, the Viking clap. I was talking to Scott Hill formerly of this parish. Um, he was at the game. 
He said it was one of the most incredible things he's ever been witness to. Sadly, those of us watching on Channel 9, Ray Warren talked through the entire thing. Fascinated me that a a broadcaster of his experience, given that it's largely an oral, I mean, it looks great, but you want to hear it, that a guy of Ray Warren's experience spent the entire time talking about how much we've all looked forward to this this week. This is going to be amazing as it's happening. <laughs> it was cool though, wasn't it? Oh, it was awesome. And again, talking to Hilly, he said that- Could have been no one better than Big Mel doing it. Oh, well. absolutely. But Lazo next to him oh, doing the clap. Like it was it, just had everything class. about it. And Hilly was saying, as we thought, of those 82,000, he reckons there was probably he reckons there was probably sixty forty Canberra support, but because all the neutrals there was not a neutral in that place. You know, Parramatta fans, Melbourne fans, Souths fans who'd bought tickets weeks ago I definitely who saw weren't a South oh, definitely though. South fans weren't going for 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 the Roosters. <clears> but uh, now look, a wonderful night of football, one of the most enthralling games. And you go back over the you last know what, couple one of, of my grand finals. Parts was? What Whiten at the end saying good on the Roosters for getting the two points. <laughs> was that during his Clive Churchill speech? I can't remember when it was for that. I think it was talking to Billy. For that. That, that, that's a great moment. It's just, that's, that's just Typ- rugby league rugby cliche. League, you, know, oh, you know, it was very much a game of two halves. One under the roosters for getting the two points. That's a just gone into autopilot, I think. But, oh, look, I think he was still a bit numb from the loss, but also from getting the medal. Um, and we'll discuss, again, we'll discuss the medal because there's a whole thing there. There's a reason why they do it the way they do it. And Jack Whiten is an example of why they do it the way they do it. And it shouldn't have been done that way. Um, let's get into the mess. Um, let's start. I'll tell you the most relieved person in that stadium come about 10 o'clock Sunday night was Ryan James. Yeah. Because without, if it's just a normal game of footy, the talking point is poor old Ryan James One of the talking points, stuffing yeah. up. But it was just a normal game. If it was 14-8 and there was no controversy, the only thing Twitter would have been talking about was poor old Ryan James completely Dude, forgetting the welcome for to country. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how many times he's done it before. The poor bugger, I get it. Yeah. It's 82,000 people. Yeah. Again, I just put it out to you. The NRL just doesn't do things well. Considering the way that is shot, it is, a, it is a, what they call in TV a one-shot just on Ryan James. Have a bloke stand next to the camera with an A3 sheet of paper with it, with it typed just, out just if you need case, to, yeah. just in case. Shakespearean actors on Broadway have the ability to get a line off someone if they need to. This is Ryan James, who is not a professional orator. He is not a professional speech giver or actor. And the poor bugger, and I get it completely, in front of 82,500 people got stage fright. Mm. And I felt really, really sorry because you will not meet a nicer bloke mm. than Ryan James. He's a great footballer. He's a wonderful bloke, and I reckon it was the final cherry on the top of the season for the Titans. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. when in doubt, just don't get a Titan to do anything. Yeah. But, like, why, why do we need um, rugby league players to be doing stuff like that and, and stuff like questioning at the, at the, at the full time? Like, some of, some of the questions Freddie and, and Darren and were Can mumbling through. I tell through, you, I have a it, real issue pathetic. on Channel 9 with yeah. the commentary of Brad Fittler and Phil Gould whenever the Roosters are involved. Oh, absolutely. It was just after half time, and I said to my wife, geez, Freddie and Gus need to put their Roosters hats away here. The conversation between Brad Fittler, Boyd Cordner, and Nick Politis yeah. was one of the most self-indulgent things yeah. I Let's have ever seen. Let's not get into this. No. It was just, and I'm a broadcaster for my living. Rule number one, do not be self-indulgent. It's not about you. And all of a sudden, it became this little orgy of mm. Roosters, mm. past captains, and, and chairman, and it, and if you're and considering Pilatus had his back to the screen, yeah. But considering most people sitting at home would have no idea who Nick Pilatus is, would have they no wouldn't idea. know his face at least. Nerds like us, mm. well, God, oh, there's Nick Pilatus. But for the, the majority of viewers, 
They don't know who Nick Pilatus is. And in the they context don't care of either. who is this old guy? Yeah. And look, well done, Nick Pilatus. He's done an amazing job with that football club. But that was so unbelievably self-indulgent. Uh, just again, just, and again, Lockie not great. Going to the big book of footballer cliches. Mm. Gee, that's a tough one to lose, isn't it? Mm. You reckon, Darren? Mm. You reckon losing a grand final is a tough one to lose? Darren doesn't know because Darren never lost one. Uh, he's only assuming it's tough to lose. Um, but, yeah, they really need to look at it. And you make a good point. While I wouldn't have had a traditional elder of that land to do the welcome to country, yeah. the, rather than poor old, pitchforking poor old Ryan mm. James in there. Uh, but as I said, the good news is no one was talking about him come Monday because then shit fight 2019 commenced, thinly veiled as the NRL grand final. Let's start with the charge down. So third minute of the game, Luke Keery goes to put a like, sort of half bomb, half distance kick in. It plows into the massive bonce of Sia Soliola and then rebounds about 20 metres straight into the chest or was even the head mm. of a Roosters trainer. Mm. First point. Are you back in Elliot Whitehead? Too? No, I'm not. I As reckon he goes very close. Oh, he goes very close. Just depends on the bounce he gets. Yeah, if, if he, he gets, gets a, a clean bounce, potentially he scores. Potentially, He's not a slouch. Look, and that was straight away the commentators were going. Elliot Whitehead's a dollar one to score there. Elliot no, Whitehead's not a back rower. That was that was one of the quotes I heard, maybe from Andrew Johns. Right. The, at the end of the day, it was about halfway. Turning to chase is James Tedesco, Latrell Mitchell, Joseph Manu. He's got a serious head leg on them, though. He goes okay. I'm just saying it wasn't like it was five metres out and he falls over the line. No, but he's got a pretty good head start. My issue wasn't with the lack of a try. My issue is with this in this order. It's the third minute of the game. Why is a trainer out there? Yeah. He wasn't seeking, He wasn't helping an injured player. There was no need for a water break. Again, and I'm, gl- I'm glad and this happened. for him happened. to laugh off, um, um, it's not a good look, is it? It's very Roosters, though. Ha, 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 ha. Mm. Something went our way. Mm. Do you agree that the rub of the green went with the Roosters all night? Everything that could have gone 50-50 yeah. went the Roosters' way. So the good thing out of all this, hopefully now Todd Greenberg will have the stones to go, you know what? These trainers are coming off the field. They're coming off. I reckon it's got to get to a point, Matty. They only come on the field when a referee invites them on. Alfie spends 70 minutes a game out there. The only reason that bloke was out there, because that was about to be a defensive set. And they stand behind the defensive line and they push blokes around. I'm not having a go at the Roosters here. Every club does it. It's a bloody disgrace. You you guarantee if there's a a rule rule or or something to be um, taken advantage of, every single team is going to do it. Absolutely. So the fact that he was even there in the third minute is a farce. So then my issue is with this also. We both you not just bring them on if they're coming if there's an injury or something. I'm, just, I'm just, telling you like, now, if it's an injury and the referee has to wait, yeah, until go rightio, we've got an injured man down here. Come on, the fact you're allowed to come and go as Browns cows. The AFL cleaned this up a couple of years ago because mate, there were as many runners out there as there was players. It was getting out of hand. So hopefully this is the this is the the catalyst to get that fixed up. It, you and I are both cricket lovers. Mm. In the, in the game of cricket, if we're the, we're the fielding side and you've been fielding a short leg for a while, now I put you back into the slips, you take your helmet off. If the batting team hits the ball with that helmet, it's five runs. Yeah. Because it's up to you as the fielding side to move all your crap. If it hits a hat, if it hits a jumper, whatever it might be, extraneous stuff lying on the ground, it's five runs. That's exactly what that is. So the fact of the matter is they're saying the rule is – if a if if an external item like a trainer gets hit with the ball, the ball becomes dead and the ball goes to the attacking team. That is garbage. Mm. Because what happened, the Roosters got a full set of six, then got a full set of six. Mm. I'm not saying Elliot Whitehead would have scored. What I'm saying is I've got no problem with the scrum. 
should have been a Canberra feed because yeah. it is the rooster's fault yep. for him being there. 100%. So at the end of the day, because of an error they made, they got 12 consecutive tackles. 11th of those 12 tackles, Sam Verrill scores the opening try of the game. And you have to imagine there's no fatigue sets in then. Well, it's all those little – and look, you can't, you can't break the game down into individual sets of six. But at the end of the day, they got a full set and then got six again. I can't, but I can't remember who the who the defender was, but he's slow to get to where Verrills goes over. And look, that could have that been – That doesn't happen. That could have been a – but again, at the end of the day, he's not even on that part of the field because Canberra's got the ball mm. and they're, they're moving downfield. So that's point one, but hopefully that gets remedied, this thing with the trainers, because it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Uh, but as I said, I'm I'm not backing I'm not backing Elliot Whitehead there. I think there's too many fast humans who even and look the, the what does make it easier for Elliot Whitehead. All of those humans I'm talking about are running downfield because they're chasing a kick, so they've got to stop their momentum, turn, yeah. and then go. But I, I just I think he I, at least gets a ten. He, gets, oh, he puts them in amazing I, field I think position. He gets real close. But ir- irrespective of that, it should have been a Canberra feed. It yeah, now needs 100%. to be, if your team has resulted in the ball going dead, you lose the footy. Simple as that. All right. Next moment. So then we had some football for a while. It was mm, lovely. Great football. Back and forth, back mm. and forth, some big hits, some great runs, real war of attrition starting to develop. Canberra then kick a penalty goal to make it 8-2. And then Jackie Whiten does his first thing of the night. I'll tell you what, if you wanted two blokes to defend on the line for your life, You'd be saying, I'll have Angus Crichton, I'll have Boyd Cordner, please. The hole he went through between those two blokes, is that just the sheer size of Jack White yeah, being that done? his size, his power, you know, he, he's just built for that. Uh, he's, the start of the year, I was unsure about Jack White moving to six. The problem is I caught the Darren Lockyer principle. Everyone assumes the fullback can be a 5'8". The problem is they're not all immortals like Darren Lockyer will be. I've got to tell you, the best, the best one to six move I've ever seen was D Lockyer. Hard on the heels of that, very quickly, is Jay White. Yeah. He was wonderful. He was. He, and as you say, just that five. speed and that power. And they always used to talk about Brad Fittler being the hardest guy to stop inside the 20. Because, again, that speed, that power, that step. Mate, if Jack White keeps going the way he goes, if Canberra Raiders ever get quick play the ball inside the 20, it's got to go he's, to Jack White as soon as it can. to any other 5'8 in the comp, too, because no, none have that, have that natural ability like he does. None have that build. That's the thing. You look at him, he's, he looks like Matt Hayden. Yeah. He's you, all chest and you'd shoulders. Only, you'd only say Munster would possibly come close to his size and ability close Maybe. to the line. But I, I reckon. I reckon. Munster dances. He's different. Yeah. Whereas that's it. That's it. Munster will dance yeah. around you, whereas White will just go move. Yeah. Like Boyd Corden, and that was I think Boyd must have slipped a little bit just because of Whiten's change of direction because he threw out an under eight's arm. Yeah, it was very poor from Corden. Who can I say he didn't a have a great good, game? You don't reckon? I think I thought I, he had a superb. Game. I thought by his lofty standards, I was really disappointed with Cordner, especially considering how dominant he was the week before. Oh, I thought he was one of the best on field. I, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, and maybe because I was just still lingering to the memories of the week before where he was the best player on the field by miles. He did carve it up. I thought really. by his standards, Cordner was poor. So the Jack White. And darts over. Now we've got a footy game. Mm, Eight mm. six. So in the dying a of minutes, missed um missed uh, conversions by the troll. Mate, helped the game. Absolutely, and wasn't he? There was two uh, pretty. You'd back him to take those and get them. I tell you what, one of the real standouts for the final series, all around the final series, wasn't the goal kicking poor. Mm. Get back to week one. Mm. If Mitchell Moses puts his kicking boots on, Parramatta beat the Broncos by about sixty odd. Do we have to go there again? Cameron Smith couldn't hit the side of a barn mm. during these final series. Latrell Mitchell was poor. Paul Cronulla have had woes all year that went into the finals. Even Jared Croker had a pretty poor finals. I'd like to see the percentages across the board. I reckon everyone was around that sixty percent mark, which in finals footy, you just you just can't do. Mm. So then we get into the second half, and then incident 
number, I think this is 17 now. Josh Papali coming like a wrecking ball in the words of Mount Miley Cyrus. Cooper Cronk comes across. And I've got to tell you, at normal speed, my first thought was, oh, geez, that was, was that taken without the yeah, ball? I, I'm Immediately Canberra's blowing it. up. And I reckon straight away Cooper knew. Yeah. Because if you go back and watch it, Cooper Cronk, because there was all of a sudden the rooster sort of milled around. He went over to Sam. Was it Sam Verrills or was 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 Jake Fremont at that stage? I think uh, it was Sam Verrills. Yeah. He ran over to Verrills. He ran over much. to Kiri and he ran over to Joey Manu. Yeah, he had a little I had an individual power. conversation yeah. with each of them. Basically him with his experience going, I'm going for a sit down mm. now. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Even when he's going off into the bin, he's still the general. I've got no problems with the send off. I I've got it was. none at all yeah. either. And I, I'm, I'm amazed that people who claim to know this sport have been saying, and I, and I know- It's been a sem- send-off all year. And that's, sin bin all year. It's right. absolutely yeah. been a sin bin all year. And again, we can't change the rules No, because it's a grand final. And why is the likes of Joey John saying the game is not played in slow motion? But I'm sorry, Joey. Just it, 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 it happened. Look, you, I, you can't tackle like that. I don't think there's a better mind on or off the field than Andrew John's, but I think sometimes, I hope that sometimes there's a producer in his ear going, Joey, not. we need you to say something controversial. Because I don't, I don't think Andrew Johns believes that. What about him saying the knock-on in the prelim final is not a knock-on? But yeah. Joey, it's a knock-on. It's a knock-on. Just on. because it's in slow motion, it's still a knock-on, yeah. mate. Nah, so, yeah. And look, it was only a split second. I don't care. It, it, plenty, Kronk, plenty of people were saying it wasn't a sim bin. What about if Papali did that tackle on Kronk? Oh, exactly. Oh, he's giving him 30 kilos. Oh. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was a sin bin because the absolute, the archetypal definition yeah. of a sin bin is you committing a professional foul in the act of a try-scoring situation. Look, I think if Cronk times the tackle right, I don't know if Papali gets there. He no, might. I don't know. No. I don't, he, 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 he wasn't definitely going like to get there. like he was going to score. Which is why there was no yeah. way it could ever be a penalty try. It had to be 10 in the bin. Uh, so I've got no problem with that. No. But I'll tell you what, and this is the things that I think have been forgotten in all the in all the hullabaloo and all the all the carry on in the last few days, how impressive were the Roosters in that ten minutes? They just went, boys, let's just shut yeah. it down. Hmm. We'll shut and things that's down. Where the game is won. We're not going to score Ultimately. any points, but by God, they're not going to score any either. Bear in mind again, and we'll get to the the big one, the six again. If BJ Leilua throws the ball to jo- to to Rapina straight away, Rapina scores. Do you think it was a forward pass though? Oh, it was absolutely a forward pass. The one that went along the ground. Oh, no, it was a metre. I've got no beef with that whatsoever. But again, it's BJ yeah, Leilua. Yeah. It's substance over, it's style over well, substance with Luttrell him. did at the end. He makes that the pass. difference. Luttrell could have held that up and maybe got dragged down. Even Daniel Tupo. Tupo could have thrown a big dummy and been the hero of the grand final, but he goes, no, this is what the moment dictates. I'm part of a team, and I've, I just feel like BJ Leilua doesn't always think that way. No, he doesn't have the brains. It's BJ first. And if I can get myself on the highlight reel, great. And if we win, that's a bonus. I just He does things like that from time to time where I think the team goes out the window. Go back to that game at Manly. Sorry, the game against Manly at Canberra at about round 20. Remember, I think it was Ruben Garrick went the length of the field and scored a try. And look, every, you see that all the time. Guy sliding in the end goal. Guy chasing does a little hurdle over the top. BJ decided oh, to yeah, drop the, the knees, knees in. in. Yeah. Just those little moments where BJ's not happy with how it's gone, so I'm going to do something silly. And again, I, I, I don't think he thinks like that. I just think he doesn't think. Maybe it's just little mini brain explosions. Yeah. But if he just goes pop, pop, Rapida scores in the corner, so. and all of a sudden, make Canberra leading, because in any any sport you play, if you're winning a game that you're not supposed to be, you grow an extra leg. Don't Absolutely. I don't care if it's rugby league, rugby union, netball, soccer, croquet, whatever it is. If you, if you get ahead in a game that no one thinks you're going to win, and even deep down in your heart of hearts, you know you're not going to win. We've all had those games. I reckon, I reckon in, their, in their deepest, 
if you if you injected the Canberra Rams with True Serum on Friday, they would have gone, look, the Roosters are probably going to win this. So all of a sudden, if you go up, even if it's only by two points, you go up in a game you're not supposed to win, all of a sudden, every man and his dog is tackling harder, they're running harder, because they're going, guys, we're 15 minutes away from pulling off the they're, unbe- they're unbelievable here. Arguably across the whole 80 minutes, they were the better side. They were the better side, without a mm-hmm. doubt in the world. The, uh, the But again, I've got no problem with that, but full congratulations to the Roosters for having the medal to hold them out with 12 men. All right, the main course. Bomb goes up. Nick Kotrick, James Tedesco go up for it together. Ball pirouettes off. To be fair, we'll probably never know. It was probably a little bit of Kotrick, a little bit of Tedesco because their bodies were pretty much mashed together. Ball bounces back into the field of play. Gets on to Josh Hodgson who scoops it out to, uh, I think it was Joe Tarpany who ends up finding it to Jack Whiten. Here is the crucial point. Ben Cummins waved his arm above his head and said six again. And here is the thing. The reason why they have visual cues for these things is because these stadiums get very loud. Mm. You can't rely on a human being hearing another human being say There's six only 82,000 fans screaming, go Raiders. Exactly. Come on. So the, I'm sorry, the second the ben, the ben Cummins put his arm up, waved it about like he just don't care, and then play on, Jack Whiten, as a playmaker... That dictates what he does with the football. Yes. I guarantee you Jack Wyden isn't meekly taking the tackle five metres out in front of the post. He might put a bomb up. He might put a grubber in. And look, it might go dead. It might be the worst kick in the history of rugby league. It or, might ricochet off legs and Luke Kiry runs the, runs the length of the field and scores. Or it goes straight to Ray Parner and try. Who knows? And we'll never know. It's Schrodinger's cat. The point is, because, and then he had the temerity to change his mind... And this goes back to my argument, Matty. This two-referees thing does not work. Co-captains don't work. The Titanic didn't have two captains. It was just one bloke. And he said, oh, we've hit an iceberg. Was we should probably get off. Was there two icebergs or just one? Just the one. It was just the one captain. So all of a sudden, if that's a normal situation, if Ben Cummins is the sole referee, he waves six again and we mm. play on. Mm. So all of a sudden, that, that crucial part of the game but then to have the temerity, because too much of the media was coming out going, oh, you know what? Actually, it looks like it did come off Kotrick. It wasn't six again. That's point. irrelevant. Yeah. The point is he you made a decision, decision and he changed his mind. I, I just want to know if, if the bunker actually played a part. Because well, they're the, saying it didn't, but the belief we'll, is I don't that think the, we'll ever know. And we'll probably never know. But I, I believe it was the pocket referee who said, no, 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 no. But then the amazing story comes out yesterday that according to Josh Hodgson in a story in the Sydney Morning Herald, when, when it was all blowing up, he asked Ben Cummins, and Ben Cummins said, I never signal six again. You see photos. You see footage. What's he waving to his mum? I don't know what he's doing. Don't know if he's taking a selfie. Um, and then, and look, that's cruel. Human beings make errors. We all make errors. I get that. The cruelty is then compounded by four tackles later, that man, James mm. Tedesco, is scooting over for a try. Mm. Um here is the thing about the angle that I think people aren't talking about this enough, though. It was awful. It was a terrible mistake, and I feel really badly for Canberra. The Roosters still had to go yeah. 95 metres. Yeah. They still had to have the guts. I think it hit, hit the Raiders mentally, though. I think they're, like, so, Absolutely. so baffled by the whole what happened. Yeah. They, they weren't in the game. But that's what separates the great teams yeah. is they can put that behind them again. If the Roosters aren't a great team, Cooper Cronk gets put in the bin, the Raiders score three tries. The great teams can go, boys, in the words of Taylor Swift, shake it off and we'll keep doing our thing. Don't forget that the, the Raiders actually had to crack the defence line. Roosters had conceded about three or four tries that whole series. They conceded one try per game in the yeah. entire final series. That is nothing short yeah. of it. Think about the teams they played. They played South. There's no guarantee. They played Melbourne even with and they the played Canberra. Yeah. They played the other three teams in the top four 
and conceded three tries. Yeah. That's insane. That's why they deserve the premiership. Great moments. We say it all the time. Great players want the ball. Shane Warne, Stephen Larkham, Tom Brady. I don't care who it is. Give me the footy. Luke Keary. Yeah. So all, all, there go, was already man. a wonderful break set up by Victor Radley to put Takiyaho through mm. a hole. So all of a sudden field position is theirs. Uh, but there you go. Quick, play the ball. Give me but the to ball. To be perfectly honest, that break didn't look like it was going to happen. Oh, not at all. That, that was very, there was very few moments like that in the whole game. And that was a brilliant – and you, you watch back on that moment. It was a brilliant moment from Radley talking to Takiyaho. Yeah. He saw something, Victor That Radley. would have been just about Takiyaho's first line break of the year. It would be. And he didn't score any tries, a big fella. Do you know, aren't oh. the Warriors glad they got rid of him? Biggest meter eater of the year. But then it still relies on the brilliance and the guile of Luke mm. Keary to go, boys, there's something on down the left here. Why is Aiden Caesar on the wing? What's happening here? You've got to have that brilliance to know that. And and don't forget, Keary didn't actually have a great game. And yeah. what we he, now he know, cu- that, very that, injured. Remember that couple pass he threw straight to the touchline? Yeah, a couple of those. Yeah. No, that. Um, but what we do now know, that ankle was just about mm. stuffed. Um, but to have the brilliance and the guile to go, radio, something's on here. Bang, bang, bang. Latrell, Tupo, and then Tedesco. like the best Tedesco, best Tedesco, best fullbacks of all time have done. I'm just going to sniff around here because hmm. my mates are going to find a way. So I think we need to. And all this, all this. Well, woe they, said, is me. they said he knew it was on. He just knew. No, but he that like he was. I was part of the plan. He knew that. Oh, going short side. But even just to, to still have the smarts yeah. to go, I'm just going to follow all the way through here because, you know, Luke will find something, Latrell will find something, the giraffe that is Daniel Tupo will find something, and away we go. Great pass for a winger too. Oh, beautiful pass. At speed. Yeah, that's like, not an easy pass. Go into your backyard this afternoon, grab a footy, and try and run as fast as you can, and then pick a tree or something in your backyard and try and hit it. I bet you mm. you missed nine times out of mm. ten. Rod McQueen always used to say about Stephen Larkham, He's the only footballer he's ever seen who can pass the ball 30 metres both sides without slowing down. You watch the best players. A lot of them still have to slow down to accurately throw a pass. The big giraffe Lockie probably could. Lockie probably could as well. Those special athletes. Daniel Tupo, that was perfect. Because if it was a little bit behind or a little bit low or a little bit high, that half a second could allow Jared Croker to just get a hold of James Mm. Tedesco and she's all over by the shouting. So then it was a wonderful performance to get home on the end of that. Um, Fittingly the game ended with the ball in Cooper Cronk's hands, yeah. I think, which was a nice yeah. little touch. So then we think, okay, beauty. The Roosters have won. Congratulations. That should be the end of the stuff-ups. So this is the way it works. Once all the initial kissing and hugging and cheering goes on, an official from the NRL goes and grabs the Clive Churchill medalist. And they tell them, Maddie, congratulations, you've won the Clive Churchill medal. They pull them aside and they stand them off to the side of the stage. The reason they do this is twofold. One, to suit television. Because what they do is they stand that individual there with a camera crew standing in front of them. See the reaction. So when the yep. bloke on the dais goes, the winner is Matty Holdsworth, the camera is there, and all of a sudden, that's why no one ever looks shocked, because they've been told five minutes ago. So poor old Jared Maria Hargraves gets called out by somebody from the NRL. Congratulations, Jared. You've won the biggest award on grand final day in your chosen sport. So his football was taken from him, because if you recall, all the Roosters had a footy to give to the kitty who gave him their ring. So someone in the ground crew grabs him, drags him out, takes his footy off him, and he's standing there. But they also do that to give them a couple of minutes to just process what's happened, get their thoughts in their head. Who am I going to thank? How am I going to behave when I get on stage? That's the reasons they do it. So then my wife actually noticed this because we were genuinely surprised that Jack Whiten had won it. Well, they had a good game, but it's very rare that a losing team yeah, receives the medal. It's only happened three times. Yeah. Brad McKay. I forgot about Daly Cherry Evans, but I always remember back to Brad McKay yeah, in 93. Daly Cherry Evans. That was an absolute shot. That was that bizarre one. in itself. So my wife actually picked it up. We were both sitting there going, wow, Jack White. And then Shannon, my wife, said, just rewind it. 
you rewound it, and you see, you see Todd Greenberg just go up behind Jack, uh, behind James Bracey from Channel Nine, and you hear, and once you know what you're listening out for, you very clearly hear him say, "It's Jack Whiten." Here's the really fun bit, though. He goes back to his place next to the cute little Joyce Churchill. And then, because she's three foot two, Todd Greenberg's able to look straight across to Roosters legend Luke Rickardson and say, Jack Whiten's won the medal. Luke Rickardson's reaction was laughter. Mm. He's then turned to Canberra legend Brad Clyde to go, hey, Jack Whiten is the uh, Clive Churchill medalist. Brad Clyde's laughed again. But like that, oh, okay, good one. The look oh, on man. Brad Clyde's face when he was like, oh, oh, really? Okay. He's then turned to Wayne Pierce. I have no idea why Wayne Pierce is on the stage. He's not looking well either. Why was he there? Well, he was there the week before. I don't know. It's nothing to do with yeah. either of these clubs. He turns to Wayne Pierce. Wayne Pierce looks just as confused. The only person who looked more confused was Jack Whiten. So if you recall, James Bracey calls out his name. Jack's well, about five bodies Jared deep. Jared was pretty stunned as well. He's oh, he looked he, he looked sadder than I was at the end of the movie yeah. Marley and Me. Can I tell you? He was gutted. So then Jack Whiten, now looking like a deer in headlights, is walking through a crowd of Canberra players to get to the front where the camera can see him. I think if Jack could have his time over again, and again, he wouldn't have been thinking because it would have just been shock plus the numbness of the moment, he probably wouldn't have forgotten to get his medal from Joyce Churchill, but also wouldn't have got to the microphone and hocked a big loogie. Yeah. Did you see Spitting that? Spitting on television. Oh, <laughs> Classic rugby My league, wife actually it? dry yeah. reached. So, but again, this is why they do this. Yeah. This is why they grab them 10 minutes earlier so you can p- compose yourself. Like we said earlier with Ryan James, these are not professional orators. These are footballers. Wait, so I, allow them a chance. I had money on Jar- Jared Ray Hargrave. So what I'm, you, what I'm was dirty. he paying? For $41. The- oh. <laughs> I only had the tenor. And look, there's I'm, a whole I'm, other. And look, and look, gambling and sports should never meet in as far as that. But there's a whole other issue. So the, re- the NRL is telling us this story. The reason it happened is the three men who decide the Clive Churchill medal. Australian coach Mel Meninga and Australian selectors Laurie Daly and Darren Lockyer. Now, the way I would have thought it would work is someone would grab all three men physically and go, right, Mel, who's your 3-2-1? No, no, no. Because the NRL likes to do things, make things a little more complicated and stuff things up like welcome to country and six again calls. Each of those three men had an app. They had to, they had to punch oh. in their votes on an app. <laughs> if anyone's been out of that stadium and it's full, <sighs> you can't get a text away. You can't call them because that network is chockers. Absolutely chockers. So the story the NRL is telling us is that, yep, Laurie Daly punched in his votes. Mal Meninga punched in his votes. With those votes, despite the fact that they were Canberra legends, the winner was Jarab Warrior Hargraves. The problem is no one can find Darren Lockyer, whose app apparently isn't working because he's down in the field somewhere doing his job for Channel 9. So the way it got to the point of them going, look, we can't find Darren. No one can ring him because the mobile phone network's jammed. Um, we've got to do this. Let's tell Jared he's won. Eventually, former Penrith Panther Tony Pulatua, who works for the NRL now, found Darren Lockyer, got, got his votes, they retabulated them, and now Jack Whiten is the man of the match. That's the story the NRL is telling. I'm not as convinced. I don't know. And we'll never know. It's just a cluster. Just F. an absolute cluster F. Um, and just uh, – but, but a fitting finale to a night that was just full of – Horrendous Wonders, mismanagement. Yeah. And that's how this grand final will be remember. remembered. Well, and sadly, because as an actual game of 80-minute football, I don't reckon I've been as enthralled by a game this season, probably since the Roosters played Canberra in Canberra in round 20 or 21. Well, it's probably the best grand final since 2015. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, without and a doubt. And talked about as well, one of the best grand finals ever. The actual 80 minutes of football, yeah. you couldn't take your eyes off it. Mm. Um, but sadly, just... 
and rugby league, it's the greatest soap opera in the world, just keeps throwing up storylines. I think that 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 um, the the six to go probably I can't remember a, a blunder that bad. No, I think you have funny? to go back to the seven try tackle, oh, seven um tackle try. The Cronulla over yeah. the Cowboys, but that was only like a qualifying final. It wasn't Still, a grand final. Knocked the knocked the yeah. um, the Cowboys out. Um, and you got to you've got to look at it. People like us, people get paid to talk about this sport, be it on radio, be it on podcast, be it on television, all year. The common denominator, people have been worried. And the, the term you always hear, after round 17, there's been a horrendous blunder. What do you always hear someone say? What if this happens yeah, in a grand final? What if it happens in the grand final? And, and my are. young friend, it has happened in a grand mm. final. And I reckon, look, I would think the NRL will be sitting down maybe this week, maybe next week to do a bit of a SWOT analysis on how their, their grand final event went. Oof. What I, what I will say, how classy was Ricky Stewart, though? Oh, my God. And look, cast ca- your mind is... back two weeks ago. Des Hasler has a bloke sent off, which he should have been, mm. and he rings Graham Annesley. The arrogance of Des Hasler to go, it's 10.30 at night, I'm going to ring Graham Annesley because I feel wronged because I lost a minor semifinal. Bearing in mind, the decision was right. The saw Jake Dubojevic go in the bin, 100% right. My wife and I were joking about the fact that Ricky Stewart may be the first grand final coach in history to not do a press conference. He did it, oh, I thought and he, he was, was nothing short of incredible. I thought he was going to blow up, but I think it's it's great that he didn't. He didn't blow up. None of the players blew up. And even in the days following, it has been nothing but class. Mm. And I reckon it's that culture that Is it to do created. with the fact that he used to coach Roaches potentially? No, I don't think so at all. Mm. I, think, mate, I think it's that – because I reckon a big issue with the Canberra Raiders over the last five years has been – oh, look, we lost in the last five minutes, but gee, we tried our best. Oh, the referee let us down. or oh, the touch let us down. I reckon there's been a real culture previously at Canberra of excuse, excuse creation. Oh, we lost, but it wasn't our fault. I reckon all of a sudden, now you've got a situation where, no, 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 no. Accountability is our thing. No, no, we lost, yeah, but, you know, BJ should have passed it to Jordan sooner. We shouldn't have missed that tackle. We shouldn't have let Sam Verrill score in the fifth minute. All of a sudden, they're taking accountability for what they're doing so all of, so straight away their mindset isn't, oh, referees, it's no. We can see to 14 points tonight. We shouldn't have. And I think that's going to help them next year as well. Massively. They're, they're, oh. not, they're not going anywhere. Are they playing a grand they're final next four. year? Well, they're going top four, I think. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. I, I tell you, I, I It's going to be interesting how Williams goes at halfback. That's obviously a given. But. Oh, yeah, it's a given. Oh, he's a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they're going to go just fine. Because Aiden says They said the same about Sam Tompkins, though. Yeah, but he was at the Warriors. Imagine, if you, imagine playing Sam Tompkins but into a Roosters. He, he 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 was supposed to be, you know, the English Billy Slater. Yeah, but I, look, I, Billy Slater doesn't have the career he has if he plays at the Warriors. I think that's taking that's taking someone quality and putting them into a poisonous system. Imagine Sam Tompkins if he got dropped into the Broncos of that era, or or the Cowboys coming off the back of JT, or a Roosters or a Melbourne. Sam Tompkins is being talked about in the same breath as Malcolm Riley. And Sam Burgess is the greatest pommy to play out here. But I'm a big rap on this uh, Burgess. Oh, sorry, Sam Williams, the kid I've seen. I'm oh, sorry, George Williams. It'll help having so many poms around him. Oh, it'd be great. 100%. Oh, he'll fit right yeah. in. Um, I tell you that, and look, obviously, we'll, we'll be back in, hopefully we'll be back in 2020 to start pulling the teams apart at the start of the year. Um, the team I'm worried about for next year is Melbourne. Mm. I reckon they're going to have a little, and when I say a lull, they'll probably only finish fourth. Well, do you think Cameron Smith's going to hang around? Apparently he's on holiday deciding. Will Chambers is off to off to Japanese rugby. That story's come out in the last twenty four hours. Just on that, do you start? Isn't Queensland starting to look a bit threadbare? Who plays in the centres next year? Uh, oh, Michael Morgan again, and who? Yeah, not sure about that one. 
But I think AJ Brisbane gets a run somewhere. I'm telling you right now, we're in real strife at State of Origin level. Because you look at all those stars of that grand final the other night, they're all blues. We're in big. Look at the Australian team that Mal just picked. It's about 80% blue, five, as it should be. Um, mate, with the exception of Munster and Papali, I'm really worried about that Queensland team for 2020. But that's next year's problem. Matty, it's been an absolute bloody pleasure. It's been fun. Knocking this nonsense around with you. We've got to say a couple of thank yous. Thank you to our producer, Crash. Thank you very much, Crash. He's done a wonderful job. Uh, which is very simply it wouldn't get to air. No, if, uh, if I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing there. Well, I've got no idea what I'm doing. We're a couple of chimps. So thanks to Crash very much. Thanks to Steve Hurst and the management here at the Sunshine Coast Daily for letting us come in here and palaver on every week. And most importantly, thank you to you, the people who actively used internet bandwidth to download this nonsense and then used your valuable time to listen to it. Thank you very much to you. Maddie. have a great summer. I will. Plenty of cricket, fortunately. Cricket, and because we're all, all of us in this booth are, are mad Liverpool fans. When we come back next March, we'll be talking about how Liverpool let it slip yet no, again. No, we will not. <laughs> not this time. Hey, remember who's the tipping champion? We have Jurgen Klopp this time. Matty, have a great off-season. No, I will. Everybody out there, make sure you follow all the rugby league news in the Sunshine Coast Daily. Have a wonderful off-season. And thanks, as always, for joining us right here on the Three Dummies NRL podcast. You've been listening to the Three Dummies. Thanks to the Sunshine Coast Daily. Stick a fork in us, we're done.